May 21st, 2000. Disney's Dinosaur was a step away from traditional hand-drawn animation and a step toward the 399 bin at the Walmart. Britney Spears saying, oops, I did it again. But 21 years later, I think I speak for everyone when I say, nah, our bad. With songs like Kill You, Criminal, and Bitch Please 2 on the Marshall Mathers LP, Eminem was finally ready to show his sensitive side. Meanwhile, in Louisville, Kentucky, Triple H challenged The Rock for the WWF Championship in an Ironman match at Judgment Day. If you're gonna kiss somebody's ass, kiss the ass of the guy who's gonna win it. Me. This is Hell in a Cell Phone. I'm not even starting the show just yet. We have too many things, too many pop cultural things, personal things from May of 2000 that we need to get to. The HF Festival, I'm not even going to bring up the HF Festival. It's happening at this time, but there are so many other things that I need to talk about. Because not only was Disney's Dinosaur in uh, the, the number one at the box office, we also had the premiere of Road Trip. And in its third week at the box office, Gladiator. Still held on to the number two spot. I'll tell you guys, um, Gladiator came out the same weekend at, as Prom, and there was a minute there where I was like, am I going to go to Prom, or am I going to go see Gladiator? What? Couldn't you Couldn't you go to Prom and see Gladiator? On, like, is Prom playing every night uh, at the theater, and like sometimes three times a night? Uh, yes, actually. We have many proms down in Maryland. No, it was just, oh, okay. it, it was, it was, the moment was happening. Gladi- as you know, as you know me for sure. I the, know you. The that's, what, that, that's what this is about. The moment that a movie comes out, it's like, oh man, oh man. <laughs> there, people are going to be talking about it. There's nothing Aaron Benoit likes more than a, than a movie opening weekend. He, it's like, it's like calendar material it's it's like marked already it's circled in red like oh this is the day it's coming and it's like i'm <laughs> i'm just like oh yeah like i, I kind of want to see that movie oh it's, it's already been out for four months okay cool i think i don't think i have seen road trip gladiator or disney's dinosaur <laughs> well disney's dinosaur is forgettable as fuck Sure. You never saw Gladiator? I don't think I've ever seen Gladiator. Don't. I'm not, it's not worth it. I'm not a sword and sandals kind of guy when it comes to picks. Uh, but I do. I did love that Spartacus show they had that was like super violent on like AMC or Stars yeah. or something years ago. That was so fucking Stars. good. I have it on Blu-ray. Actually, I liked it so much <laughs> with Lucy Lawless. Uh, but no, I never saw Gladiator. You know what? The, the, that was the Spart. That was like blood and dust or whatever, blood right? And sand. Spart- the Spartacus blood where the, the guy died. Yeah, blood and sand. Sure, whatever, man. That shit was you, good. You know what the Romans had going for them, though? Short haircuts. They did. They a all lot. Did the, I, that a Caesar. lot of these they all had big, Caesars. All <laughs> yeah. these big period piece dramas are usually guys with long hair and big muscles. Like I'm, I'm looking at you, Troy. That's true. That's true. Gladiator. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I also like was, I think, a little still too young to be into like prestige film, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't think I was. Is that any. I don't think it's a prestige movie. I think it's a real schlocky movie, honestly. But it was. At it was like, time. It's like fake prestige. 
Yeah, but it, it but didn't I don't like, win Oscars, right? Yeah, yeah, but also Crash I won yeah, an Oscar. Know. No, I know, but I mean, like, even in, I don't think I don't think it was marketed. It wasn't marketed like the three hundred, like three hundred. You know, mm, well, I don't know. Or maybe it was okay. It it was marketed like uh, a, uh like a trip back to historic Rome. It was like it was like a recreation of Rome. Also, so, wow, guys, this just in memory. Uh, I this is also a time where I believe at this time, and the reason why all of these things feel so foreign to me is that I believe I was deeply grounded at this time, deeply grounded, like not watching any television or listening to the radio, and literally no idea what was happening in pop culture. And that very what did you well do? Might be. I'm trying to think if like this is because this is the spring of 2000, right? Yes, May of 2000. So this is when I was got I got caught smoking for sure. It would have been the, okay. Been, well, no, no, it wouldn't. That'd be the following year. That'd be the following <laughs> year. But also, it's very possible I was grounded for something at this point. Like there's, it is very possible that I was very grounded, and that could ex- also explain why there's like a complete gap in pop culture knowledge. Bobby, I thought we were going to have a a somewhere out there staring out the window at each other uh, from from the distance being in trouble at the same time. This was um, right. So I was not an unpopular person in high school, but I would not consider myself a popular person. Makes sense. Really? After that toga story? (laughs) (laughs) They didn't all they didn't all just like uh, crowd around you. Hey, Aaron, what's next? But like, I just like. Everyone in the school, like, knew me, and most people were okay with me, at at the very least. And so it was right about the end of senior year. And you know when it gets to the end of senior year, and everyone's like, oh, my God, we are the best friends. We We need to hang out. We need to hang out. And so I got invited by the lacrosse team to go to a party. And it just so happened to be the one party of the year that got busted up by the cops. And I wound up with an alcohol citation. Wow. Hmm. Wow. So, yeah. I never was at a, a party that got busted by the cops. I think <laughs> not until college. I think I was, but I never was like, uh, I like made it. Out. I like made it out each time. They let us go or I ran off one of the two. <laughs> Yeah, a couple of guys ran away, and that was what tipped off the cops that maybe we should investigate this further. <laughs> Sorry, that was me. My bad, guys. Got everybody else arrested. <laughs> Got everybody else <laughs> cited while I ran. Uh, have, have, you, uh, have you introduced us? Have you introduced the podcast? No, not yet. Oh, okay. Um, I told you, so... there, was too, there was too much of May of 2000 yeah. that I needed to get to. I'm not starting the podcast until we get through all of it. All right. By the way, I was going to say, um, do I never listened to Bitch Please 2, but do I have to listen to Bitch Please 1 to be caught up? Or is it, you know, yeah, it's all part of I the start fresh. It's all part of the Bitch Please cinematic universe, which, um, oops, I did to it. Bitch ag- to please. The, the music video for Oops, I Did It Again was part of the Titanic cinematic universe. That's canon, correct? Yeah, of course. Wait, what? What do you mean? The video yeah. for Oops, What's... I Did It Again, they're on Mars. They yeah. find a copy of Oops, I Did It Again. Britney Spears and an entire dancing entourage rise from the Martian dust. And then the astronaut who was on Mars presents her with the heart of the ocean. And she says something like, but I thought the old lady threw it into the ocean at the end. He says, yeah, but I went down and got it for you. Yep. Yeah. Oh, shit. We're all in the snow globe. <laughs> yeah, that's canon. Fuck. The Marshall Mathers LP has 
left an indelible mark because it was right before like the the big proliferation of everyone having mp3s and finding ways to play them through computers so every party that i went to my freshman year of college um at least the first semester it was just somebody with a cd player playing the marshall mathers lp I remember it. In, I remember it on uh, the radio a lot. Also, in- also, oh, I was gonna say also. Sorry, not to not to put on my Aaron hat, <laughs> but um, I okay. So sp- we're in spring, but in summer, I think around summertime is when the Mummy Two comes out, right? Um, I think that's the following year. I'm pretty sure it didn't come out till two. Oh. It's 2000. It must have been 2001. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah. Summer of 2000. I was, uh, okay. Yeah. Summer of 2000. I was in Germany, but 2001, I know exactly where I was and I saw the, the, the mummy two in theaters. I guess, uh, we'll see you guys in a year when we talk about that <laughs> or six months. Well, we're definitely going to be talking about that a lot for, Maybe uh, it's an for wrestling reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, no, I guess I was in, I was in Germany in, in, the in the summer but okay spring i was just finishing my uh sophomore sophomore year yeah i guess i must have been finishing my sophomore year of college and i was about to go uh like uh, do my year abroad in ireland but i did germany before ireland Hmm. sorry i don't know you were talking about movies (laughs) (laughs) or something uh, getting very, very cultured, I'm sure. I um, actually got high for the first time in May of 2000. Uh, I can say that now because it's legal here in New York. Uh, it was at the HF Festival during Cypress Hill because I'm a big walking cliche. Uh, Night. Yeah, I think I also probably was smoking weed around this time in 2000. Wait, no, again, it would be the next year. I keep confusing because, you know, I always, like, keep track. I keep track of, like, mm-hmm. what year I was in in high school based on the year in real life. But then I always screw it up because I'm like, oh, no, it was the first half of that year. And I start I start the grade in the fall of that year. So I've been, like, first grade in 91, second grade in 92. So it's very easy for me that way. Uh, but if I, it's the being, this is still the early part of the year. So I'm still in ninth grade. So I probably haven't smoked pot yet. But the wow. next year I would. What a badass. Thank you. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know, maybe three or three or four years earlier, I think I smoked pot for the first time. So sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. When you were 19? Uh, no, actually, the first time I smoked pot was um, probably just before just before senior year of high school. OK, so right around. I, I was the end. You were the start. Also in music at this point, Mandy Moore's I Want to Be With You, Pearl Jam's By Norrell, Fish's Farmhouse, Matchbox 20's Mad Season, Perfect Circle's Merde Noms, Bright Eyes, Fevers, and Mirrors, and which will be very, very important to us very soon, Kid Rock's History of Rock. Going to TV, we saw the end of beloved show G vs. E!, but as that was happening, we also ushered out the end of Sports Night, Boy Meets World, Party of Five, and Beverly Hills 90210. Also, but Shasta McNasty continued on. <laughs> continued, yes, to this Six day. Six seasons in a movie, as we all know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Bobby, you might remember this. Dawson's Creek ended its third season with the first gay male kiss in primetime history. So I do know that in the greater uh, context of like the I, I know that in retrospect, like as a matter of history, but I was not watching Dawson's Creek as a teen. I was, who were the two actors? It was the one who played Jack. I only know, again, I know this from the later in. Uh, le- I learned about this in retrospect. Uh, Jack, who I think played someone's brother, and then whoever they were dating. It, it was like a, a, a oh, side character right. and like another minor character. And also, we are very close to the premiere of Survivor Borneo at the end of that month. Wow. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time. It's been a ride. Wow. And now, Eric, welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. I'm your host, Aaron Benoit, joined as always by our wrestling historian, Bobby Hankinson. He's here. (laughs) And experiencing this all for the first time, Eric Silver. Happy to be on the podcast with intros that are sometimes as long as the entire podcast. I thought you were going to say, happy to be on the podcast in which 14,849 babies were born during, 5,936 <laughs> people will die, 8,378 planes will take off, and 1.23 million passengers contemplate disaster? What? What is happening? Seasons of love. <laughs> yeah, they really mopped your gig here, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Right, welcome to the pay-per-view where <laughs> so th- seven pounds will be lost. So this starts off with in one hour, and I. But the the biggest question with all of this, what is Tiffany? What it, what is Tiffany? Tiffany. At the beginning of Judgment Day two thousand, we get the in one hour. Uh, graphic superimposed on an image of a neon sign that says Tiffany. And it's not like the Tiffany and co logo. It's just a vertical neon that says Tiffany. And I looked it up. We're not at the Tiffany auditorium. There's nothing like associated with uh, Lexington, Kentucky that or Louisville, Kentucky that has anything to do with Tiffany. As far as I could tell, I just looked up, Tiffany and uh, Louisville, and it's just a whole bunch of pictures of women named Tiffany. <laughs> uh, I'm going to the tape on this one. Give me a second. <laughs> Wait. Uh, oh, I'm good, very ca- good luck. Because yeah, means- oh, yeah, right. Sorry. Give me, give me a few hours. I, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I paused so many times because I needed to write down all the statistics that they were throwing at me. So many times that the app just crashed. It's like, nope, no more. You pause too many times. And then when you pause on the PlayStation, it's another commercial. The screen goes yes. to another sign that says, this like this pause brought to you by State Farm. Yep. It was always by State Farm. And as I discovered, uh, after the commercials, sometimes it goes back to the screen, and the screen is black, and you just hear audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you... And, you're, and it just stays blacked out, and you're like, wait a minute, are they... Oh, they're supposed to be video. And so when I rewound, I would rewind it and it would go back to the commercials. And I'd have yes. to watch the commercials all over again. And then I'd get the thing. Yeah. I so I see what you're talking about. There's a there's a Tiffany um like I guess it must yeah, what is that? It must be like a tower. 
Sure. The Tiffany Tower in Louisville. Sorry, what were you going to say, Bobby? I was say, I watch I watch Peacock on my laptop and that's also bad. Uh rest <laughs> assured because that when you're scrubbing on the bar, it doesn't like show you, you you're just guessing. You're like this is probably about 20 minutes. Like it doesn't there's no pop up. There's no like hover over the the timeline to like give you an idea of where about in time you are. You just have to sort of guesstimate. You're like, "Okay, if this whole line is 3 hours, but I want to be 20 <laughs> minutes in, that's probably about okay, so it's one third, and then it's like uh one third of one third <laughs> so i think that's that's how i'm trying to scrub this well at the, and of course when we're looking for certain sections they're always right around that commercial break thing so yep. i'm doing the same thing as you eric so i'm like watching the commercial I'm like fuck i have to go back to just before the commercial it's like, god damn it <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i'm guessing why would you not tell me <laughs> okay and here's the thing i remember back when i used to have like um unpaid hulu or whatever you could do this thing where you could just like skip to the very end and they would just be like okay we're now going to show you eight minutes of straight commercials <laughs> yeah and and then you watch the eight minutes and then you can actually rewind and they show you the whole thing like with no commercial interruption so like they're like okay you put your commercial time in now we can show you whatever it is we're going to show you they don't do that at peacock they're like oh you're back here okay time for the commercial it's commercial time like it's insane like while we've how... been uh, while we've been going off on this tan- tangent, I've thought about sex at least four times. <laughs> Wait, I'm um, not done bitching. Eight about babies peacock. were born. What's that? I'm not done bitching about peacock yet. Okay. Because one of the things I like best. Oh, the Tiffany cock. Obviously, it looks like a giant neon penis. Was no one to say that? Why'd you say that? It's the giant thing that looks like a penis that says Tiffany. Sure. Right? I didn't see the Tiffany. I was like, that's a weird neon dick. And then I moved on. <laughs> anyway, though, my favorite part about peacock is how when you open up a new thing, at least on the on the laptop, uh, until you hit the play button, the yellow circle will just spin. Not making you believe that there's it's still loading something, but no, you have to actively hit the play button. Otherwise, it'll just keep spinning that circle waiting for you, which is so <laughs> such a weird, what a weird, like, day. I feel like I'm having a, like a staring contest with my computer. I'm like, yeah, I want to watch it. Why would you, why is there another step here? Like, what do you, why do I need to, like, double, double confirm that I want to watch this? Not, not to be too harsh, but I truly want the developers of Peacock to die in a fire. <laughs> See, I think that's like, obviously I, very kind because I was thinking heads on pikes. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, in front of their families. Like, you didn't beta test, you motherfuckers. You didn't do anything. I just want them all to drink pee. They can stay alive, but they have to drink pee. Well, that's what Vince would choose for no. sure. <laughs> they, I don't think pee's going to teach them their lesson. So it starts off within one hour. and We get um, lightning strikes and all of that, and then it's... You think of sex at least 21 times, you horny motherfuckers. You're thinking about sex right now, aren't you? 42 times during one of our episodes. Uh, And then it actually gets good. And then we see Rock and Triple H, and their hearts will beat 7,320 times. They will lose seven pounds. They will suffer more hits than a quarterback all season. By the way, I'm pretty sure HBK's heart is uh, pumping a little faster, if you know what what I mean. (laughs) So it ends on a good note, because these two are going to be engaged in an Iron Man match, much like we looked at last week at WrestleMania 12. And then we find out that this match is brought to you by Army Men on 3DO. I don't remember Army Men, and I barely remember 3DO. 
I is three D a game system? Yeah, it was like uh, an Atari Jaguar or Sega Dreamcast level game system. I don't was Army Men the thing where where like they where you're basically like playing with like it's like they are they're army soldiers like the green plastic yes. ones but they can move. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Ask an answer. And I feel like I knew that. I remember that. I never played it, but I feel like this might be wrong. This almost feels like it was. Uh, I, I I may be conflating it in my mind with Toy Story. I don't know. It I think it. I think about. I think it's a Toy Story thing too. It wasn't. Too. It wasn't a direct. T- Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, hold on, hold on. I have to go to. I have to go to the research because now I'm like, wait a minute. Was there a Toy Story television spinoff show based around the Army Men, uh, and that that's what that game was also tying into? Let's see. While Bobby's looking that up, I will say the HF Festival from that year we had. Sev, Vertical Horizon, The Bloodhound Gang, Stained, The Deftones, Filter, Godsmack, Cypress Hill, Third Eye Blind, The Blue Man Group, Stone Temple Pilots, and Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> Wait, you had Blue Man Group? Group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's very so funny. funny. Oh my god, the idea of seeing uh, Godsmack performing next to Blue Man Group is <laughs> definitely a festival I would 100% be at. Um, and also Third Eye Blind, if only because of what we know now from the Eve Six guy's Twitter. Uh, Eve Six was actually on the street stage that year, as well as <laughs> SR71 Good Sh- and Good Charlotte. Those are the only names you'd know. Ooh. Good Charlotte were, so, uh, were, okay. were local boys. So Army Men came out in 98, and I feel like Toy Story was earlier, right? Yes. I they're not they're not say they're not related. But That's I guess parallel thinking maybe. I, I think, but I feel like Army Men were having a moment. Maybe like, I, I don't know. Maybe it was like, <laughs> all the did kids Army were Men. It's our Army industrial Man? complex. Did Army our, Men our military industrial complex. Well, there. Having... I used to I used to have that shit. They were great. Well, I mean, a fan made Army Man three. <laughs> Uh, that was released as an open source uh, unfinished game in April 2018. Uh, Army Men Mobile Ops is a thing that is still, I believe, happening now. Uh, but Ar- Army Men Mobile Ops, there was a PlayStation 2 game of them. Sarge's War was the sequel. Wow. Our audience also yeah, I was on that uh, Wikipedia page. Our audience also might be a little confused because we did miss. Thanks to Peacock again, one of the weird non-canon British pay-per-views, Insurrection 2000, the worst fucking name. Um, But so all we really, there was apparently an arm wrestling match between the cat and Terry Runnels there. And the British Bulldog won the hardcore championship for like 20 minutes. He's still alive at this point? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Spoiler. But at least this night is a night of celebration, according to Vince McMahon. Briscoe, we see, has won the hardcore championship. He's still taking coffee orders, though. And then Pat Patterson just missed his flight. Yeah, what the hell? Also, man, they really like went all in on that coffee bit. Everybody was like giving coffee orders for five minutes. I was like, this is compelling. My favorite part of it though was Tori. 
Because first of all, we all know that Tori should not be having a coffee this close to showtime. We know her stomach <laughs> cannot handle it. I don't know the bathroom situation there. Corey, Tor, Tori should not be drinking coffee this close to showtime. That, let me just say that. And when she gives her order, everyone just interrupts her immediately. Like, no one lets her get a word in edgewise. And it's so, everyone's like, shut up, Tori. It was great. I was like, she's like, I'll have one. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The next box like, ice. I want ice in mine. <laughs> oh. And on the way to get said coffee, the headpangers attack Briscoe, a running through line here. Then we get I, a glimpse. Yeah. I, 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 you know what? I, I don't know. Everyone what, has an impression. Yeah, I, I feel. That? I oh, never mind. I don't know what's happening. Sorry. I thought I just wanted to comment on Briscoe. I thought we were moving. Yeah, on. go ahead. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That's what I, I had a comment on that too. Go on. Yeah, I was gonna say I like the Briscoe stuff throughout the night actually, and I, you know, I'm fascinated watching the hardcore stuff now because now we're in the fun stuff of the 24/7 rules of the hardcore title, and just contrast it to the 24/7 title we have now, which is so bad. Uh. Mm. I liked this. I think it's funny. I thought it was funny how he got the belt. Uh, and I think it's funny watching him sort of try to avoid it. Avoid, like, getting pinned. Yeah. I, it, it definitely, you know, they're they're starting to take more of a direction with these pay-per-views where they really are incorporating a lot more of the Raw and SmackDown elements. Definitely. Where they're just like, they, they have, like, more runners. Uh, and so, yeah. The, I, you know, I thought the Briscoe thing was fun. Um, it was, yeah, I, I liked it. I like that, you know, you know, anybody could get into it. Uh, you never know, you know, who your enemies are. It felt like, it felt like, um, you know, when they, when they have those, you know, like once in a while on sitcoms, they'll have the episode where like, um, everybody's out to get each other. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's like, maybe like in Brooklyn nine, nine, I think they, they would do like, you know, the prank wars, um, or like in uh, in Cheers, they do that. Or like I don't know. I want to say like they probably played a game of you know that you know those that game like Assassin or yeah. Killer, mm -hmm. where I feel like th those those vibes all resonate. I think in in this in what's going on with the hardcore match or yeah. hardcore title and the fact that it's a hardcore title and the fact that it's the Attitude Era. It's like the thing with the twenty four seven belt that's so silly is like it's basically like the roll up belt it's like okay it's like it's never r-truth is very funny and and you know he's great at what he does but it does nothing for the people that just like run down the ramp after him and then through the ring and then through the crowd each time You're like this is boring but with the hardcore belt like there actually is some action and some uh exciting stuff to watch sometimes where the attacks there's a little bit of heightened violence and not for you know not to cheer on the violence but it's a little bit more engaging to watch it feels a little bit like there's more of a contest to, to get the belt. And that's okay to mix in some shenanigans in between. And speaking of engaging to watch, after this, we get the first look at Shawn Michaels wearing the shortest shorts ever to referee this evening. Yes. We'll talk more about those in a bit. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, especially see. during the match. Yeah. So should we get to match one? Let's do it. First match, we've got... Kurt Angle coming out, letting us know that teenage girls are more into Kurt Angle since he's teamed up with Edge and Christian. Now, I don't know, Eric, if you've been because we, we haven't like uh, watched a lot of the Raws in between in terms of like Edge and Christian's character development, because they're really starting to hit a stride here. And this is the beginning of like their sort of like meteoric like superstardom rise is like getting into these characters that are starting to come together where they're kind of heels and they're kind of cocky Hollywood E no, I don't think literally Hollywood, but it's sort of like, they're these sort of like almost vapid celebrity 
kind of types. They feel it feels very it, like that. Uh, so they've kind of did do this thing where they offer the chance because back then before we would know what this one sells. I remember like one of the we talked about this, I think, previously about the flashes uh, at wrestling, like when people hit big moves and it was incorporated in video games. I feel like I've talked about it before, mm-hmm. but uh, this is a great example because you can still see that people are still doing it here. And they started doing this thing where they do these like kind of kind of heel goofy poses. So this is kind of like the start of this sort of shtick of theirs uh, here. And I think they're pretty good at it. I... For the benefit- yeah, this is new for me. This is new. For the benefit of those with flash photography is a great line. Yeah, and the idea that you're like, okay, I'll, I, we will give you the, our sexy poses for a few seconds, like a hat tip ivory, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> but I thought that was just really good, and I thought all their things here, I thought the, the reveal was funny. I thought it was obviously simple, but it, I mean, it, it worked. I mean, it went off exactly like, you know, did exactly what they wanted to do. And I liked I even those liked- teeth. The teeth were great, the, with the, especially the way like I'm always in, in awe of people who can who can uh, cross their eyes like that. I can't do it. So like whenever I can see somebody do it, I'm like, that person's a born star. <laughs> Well, I have to tell you, Eric, I can cross my eyes. So <laughs> I will say wow. that your theory holds up. Uh, I'm going to buy some stock in Bobby Hankinson. It's all Dogecoin. All Dogecoin and Stonk. Um, <laughs> Do you call it Dogecoin? It's Doge. It's Dogecoin? I take it back, man. You're, you're fucked. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's Doge. With a soft G? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yep. Huh. So it's K. It's kayfabe. <laughs> it's a word I've never spoken before out loud, because uh, I don't care about money and the internet. Uh, cryptocurrencies for fools. Uh, then I liked how Christian though uh, called it Louisville. It's a little bit of a Jericho move, but uh, it gets me every time. Yeah, Kurt Angle though. Um, yeah, Kurt I Angle did, though looked very I, very at home in in his hick garb. It like a little too uh, hmm. wore it a little too well. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really ca- quite catch the for for the benefit of flash photography our poses because like wait they're not posing they're just they're just at, just doing things. But um, I understand now based on what you said. I really liked. Uh, I, I I haven't really seen a lot of Kurt's stuff, so like you know I know that the crowd has caught on to the it's true it's true. Um, but I like that. I also like how he uses all that. Um, he he makes it perfectly uncool and sorry go on and he's there i'm sorry and they're going against uh super over as always too cool with rikishi but honestly everyone in this match is over and it makes for a very very exciting opening bout for the pay-per-view yeah i like this a lot this was super fun yeah it was interesting to me that they use that they i i i thought of it as Angle and, and uh, Christian and Edge putting over Rikishi into cool, but I guess they're all over, so it was just a match, right? Yeah. Yeah, but again, and I'll, super fun. A lot of um, a lot of hot moves here. What happened to Brian Christopher's pants partway through? I don't know, and I was wondering. I was like, is that on, was that on, on purpose or was that on accident? Because at first I was like, oh, maybe that was just like a an accidental thing. But then when uh, Sky Too Hottie did the zoom with the zoom on his face and he made the joke about having a, him having a little dick. I was like, oh, well, that's got to be on purpose. But I also, if there's any like story payoff to it, it's not like they start like uh, not taking, you know, he becomes a sort of like laughing stock like soup on, on Big Mouth. It's like all of a sudden <laughs> that's like his thing. 
So I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Wait, so explain what did happen with his pants. I may have missed that. Uh, he went to do his little like running man dance and his actual pants fell down and he had like his little white briefs on. Oh, uh, okay. And then, uh, All right. and then Scotty made a, a, a little worm sign. Yeah. Like a little, huh. you know, the implication. Oh, he flew around like a, like a bird. <laughs> and then he, yeah, I don't have too much to say about this one. Yeah, it was fun. I think the, I can't tell no. if the ending was messed up or not. Um, it didn't look great. Like, I don't know if angle, like they were trying to sell that it was close, but he's kind of like waiting around. There just seemed to be like a weird timing thing at the end with the count and angle making the, try, like making the attempted save. But this one ends with uh Christian with the ring bell. Um, but, but with a distracted ref, with a distracted referee, grandmaster sex is allowed to hit the hip hop drop and Rikishi's able to cover. Do, do do Rikishi and Too Cool ever do their their choreographed dance it when they lose, or is it only when they win? Uh, I think it's any time. Yeah, I think they definitely okay. do it after they lose sometimes. Yeah, it's it's so over. The crowd loves it so much that it, it's sometimes it's it's the dance of joy. Others, it's the dance of sorrow. Well, I was gonna say, and now I know why they why they won because you know clearly they have to do it. I mean, like I, I was watching this going, thinking to myself. Like, were, was there talk at this point of them just doing like a like a you know a couple stadium tour? You know, like <laughs> like the the way that like, Elias like a, plays a, like venues. a Ninja Turtles out of their shells tour kind of thing. Yes, yes, right. Like, just go like do you know? Doesn't have to beat make it ten cities, right? Mm-hmm. Like nothing, nothing too big, and they just show up and all they do is just like choreograph dance for. I don't know, an hour, two hours. They get like somebody to open for them. I think they can barely handle the four minutes that they're given. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, they spend a lot of time talking about politics. <laughs> now we go backstage where Michael Cole is interviewing Shawn Michaels. My favorite part about this promo is. Uh, that they talk about how rumors are swirling on WWE or WWF.com. I'm like, oh yeah, what, what, is there a rumor section on the on the website? Like, how does that work? It's Shawn I'm Michaels. Who's throw your rumors. rumors in the pool. What's that? It's Shawn Michaels who's spreading all the rumors. The rumors are popping up at four words per minute. Right. <laughs> well, Shawn, Mi- Shawn Michaels ga- gives like the same thing my dad still says, which is like, well, if it's on the internet, it must be true. It's funny uh, when your and dad it's like, says it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like, yeah, man, no, it actually, in a lot of cases, yeah. I mean, yeah, I know what you mean, but we're, we're kind of past that point. Also, though, we all know that Shawn Michaels' greatest rivalry is with the computer, as we said. <laughs> yes. It is his enemy. I'm not surprised that he's like a little extra suspicious of the internet. He doesn't trust it. <laughs> then we see that Eddie has arrived with China. Dean Malenko comes up and tells China to stay out of their business tonight. And then Perry Saturn says a really weird thing. If you're yep. he that you uh, might remember from the intro, but if you're gonna kiss somebody's ass, kiss the ass of the guy who's gonna win it. Me. Who was kissing whom's ass there? Because he's talking to Malenko. I. Yeah, I, I don't know. 
it seemed like all four of them were in different scenes at this point. Yeah, this well, Demolinko also was just like, like, um, I'm warning you, and you also like his the way he delivered the line. It was like there was no clear like um, period break. Like it, it was almost the way that like you know how Christopher Walken like is notorious for removing all of the um, all of the punctuation out of his scripts, and so he like he sets the punctuation himself and how he reads it. That felt like Dean Malenko, except he never actually set the punctuation. He just read it as like. Two sentences just become one long sentence. Dean Blanco also drank his daily cup of cold gravel before coming out there. <laughs> like, he just, what is up with that dude? Perfect, it's terrible. Perfect pitch and perfect impressions. Double threat, this Eric Silver is. <laughs> well, wait till I find out about uh, how to move, how to change my eyes. So this is a triple threat match for Eddie's European Championship, the light heavyweight championship, which Dean is holding at this point, is not on the line. Um, but again, another good match here. Yeah. Did they did they buy the roses for China at the side of the highway? <laughs> the gas station. <laughs> um, I also want to say that Perry Saturn um, walking out looks like a self-conscious porn star. Yeah. <laughs> Crossbred with like a pug? I don't know. Yeah. One of his eyes is a little little wonky there, right? Well, Lawler made reference he, to it, too. Oh, did he? Yeah. Is he that like, what that he say? Yeah. It he says he can watch watching. a tennis match without moving his head. Yes. Because his eyes wow. are around. He's got, like, a kind of wonky eye. Wow. But I thought, <clears throat> I mean, it's obviously clear that uh, Eddie Guerrero is the most charismatic of, of, of this bunch. <laughs> Uh, I mean, like it's not it's, like, yes. it's, it's not a very high bar to clear. But I also just think I think this is some of my favorite China work. I think she just mm-hmm. like looks so good and so happy and is so yeah. like bright on screen and vibrant. Um, and it's like having a time and looking great and playing this part. Perfect. Yeah, she pops. She pops off the screen. I also what I noticed was um it felt like Eddie was the was the face, yeah, almost yeah. right. Yeah, he's a he's he's the face here, and he's a, but he's a face who acts like a heel. It's a little like it's almost like a a thing that he's known for best is sort of like being one of the people who can pull that off. He's a Loki, yeah, a little bit, yeah, a little bit of a trickster, yeah, a little trickster guy, trickster. Um, Jr. at one point says. Mamacita looks very bodacious, which is like the most <laughs> '90s phrase. I know we're in 2000, but holy shit, man! Well, Jr's always been a few years behind the curve right. when it comes to uh, her, pop culture. So, her bodacious bod. <laughs> also, did you guys um, did you guys see that gutbuster that Malenko did to Eddie? Yeah, uh, I think it was all. Uh, yeah, it looked weird. It, like I, they 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 replayed it, so I guess it went the way it was supposed to go. But it it looked so like no, it looked kind of awkward or stilted. It, it or something. wasn't. It definitely wasn't done how it was supposed to go. But the effect was actually like like uh, more devastating. So that's why I think they were okay replaying it because mm-hmm. it didn't like if they do a botch that like kind of like exposes the business, like sort of like shows the, you know how they're uh, not getting the full. But I think if it's a botch, but the result is they're actually hurt more and it's more real. <laughs> Uh, cause usually when you do all in, 
like a gut buster. So you're holding the guy perpendicular to you in front of you. Um, and you go down basically on one knee and the, the act you're simulating is like dropping his ribs onto your knee, which would hurt. But what's really happening is you're just sort of like at the same time as you're dropping into like a lunge, dropping into the knee, you're lowering at the same time. You're not really making contact, but it's like your knee, it's your other knee hitting the mat that has like the impact that's like selling that you're hitting the guy, but he's not taking the full force of being like dropped on your knee. What happened, it looked like there is on the landing, Dean didn't get a clean landing, so he couldn't absorb the shock coming off. And therefore, Eddie really did take, it looked like his, that real gut buster, like really get like dropped at Dean Malenko's knee at like full force. Uh, but that that's what I made of that from observation. Okay, that makes sense. But By the way, all, Gutbuster wait, wait, that's is what, all, Bobby? Is what, uh, that's all you figured uh, out? <laughs> You're very good at your job. I do what I can. I was going to say, uh, a Gutbuster is also what Tori does in um, <laughs> Stephanie's dressing room. <laughs> it will never get old. Um did you guys catch the, the, the drool that came out of Perry Saturn's mouth when he, like, I think he did, like, a splash off the top rope. And it was just, it just, he looked like, a, he did look like a pug. Yeah. That's, he definitely yeah. had the pug drool. Big pug, out big of pug him. energy. Just always, always a little bit of drool there. Mm-hmm. I just, that was disappointing here. I mean, these guys, this was awesome. I thought, like, the work they were doing in the ring was great. Uh, I don't think the announcers uh, sold it enough, but there was like a whole sequence where they were like all doing each other's finishers and like they weren't selling that. They were just like calling Mm -hmm. them submissions or whatever. Like, no, 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 he's doing his finisher. Like he's doing the rings of Saturn to Perry Saturn. Perry Saturn is doing a frog splash to Eddie Guerrero. Like I think Perry Saturn put Dean Malenko in the Texas Cloverleaf or maybe Eddie Guerrero did, but they're all doing each other's finishers and they didn't sell that enough. They said like Eddie Guerrero's splash was like, one of his favorite moves, you're like, that's not the same thing, man. And mm-hmm. like, so the whole thing, like, they, I feel like either they didn't know their finishers or they weren't selling them as finishers, but it just like lost that whole part of the match that actually was very cool. And a good example of like why commentary is so important overall presentation, because you could watch them do this. And I know they're doing each other's finishers, but without the commentary team putting it over, it it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I missed it. I didn't know. I mean, and, and it calls forward to, the main event. Yeah. Um, by the way, just a side note, uh, Aaron, I think you and, and your fiance, Natalie, should uh, register for Sugar Glass as your China. Um, <laughs> I think that would be really fun. I, I would buy you an entire set and we would just... One dinner, we just, we just fucking like, just go all at it. Full out brawl. Hell yeah. So this one ends Mamacita with the flowers to uh, Perry Saturn. Eddie covers and retains and then reveals the lead pipe beneath the flowers because that's what you want to do. Just reveal your cheating. But you're right, Bobby. There's something about uh, Eddie Guerrero where it's just like, oh, you little scamp. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's his whole did. thing. Yeah. And China fits in perfectly because it's also kind of always low key been China's thing. I mean, like there was a whole time we were like, it's hard because we're rooting for China as a face in these like singles matches, but then we're booing her as a heel with Triple H. And so like she's also walked that line for a long time. So this pairing mm-hmm. just like makes so much sense in that way. After the match, we go back to see how Briscoe won the Hardcore Championship. Crash was sleeping at that point and just kind of puts his finger on him. Very good. Very uh, be very quiet kind of moment. 
They always do a lot to be like to be like. Um, there's a lot of of extra pantomiming with the ref to make sure the ref is on the same page. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, I'm gonna do this thing. Now you count, but I'm gonna do this thing. It's very very cartoonish. I like that the see... uh, announcer. I like the announcers were whispering too, which makes no sense. But <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care. Yeah, that's I really, very funny. I really, really, really liked it. But then we see Briscoe now at this one, scared of his own reflection. Uh, the the paranoia is growing, which makes me wonder why would anyone want the hardcore championship in this twenty four seven era? Well, because uh, you know everybody wants to be king of the mountain. You know, like uh, it's the prestige. You're, you know, you want the you. You know, you, nobody wants the target on their back, but everybody wants the target on their back, kind of thing. Like you know, heavy is the you want to be the person. Kind yeah, of they don't realize it. You're like, Do I you... want to be champ. I can prove that I'm better. And the hardcore belt, especially, is like a tough guys only sort of club, and that's why it's like guys like Taz and Mick Foley that's had it, and even I mean, the headbangers. But you know what I mean. But like, it has a little <laughs> bit of a, it has a little bit of that reputation. Like these are the guys that are going to like use barbed wire and cinder blocks and all that kind of stuff. Like that's kind of like part of it. So if you're going to compete with this, it's it's almost like what Raw Underground wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's, they never uh, spoke of Raw Underground ever again. LOL, remember that? <laughs> it, it occurred to me, by the way, that if Gangrel uh, won the the hardcore belt, he wouldn't have Briscoe's problem. He would just, like, you know, walk into the bathroom and have, you know, wouldn't see any reflection. <laughs> remember how he's a vampire? Still. Still a vampire. Then we go to Big Show versus Shane, who Shane O'Mac's been uh, been pulling duty here. He got The Rock in a steel cage the night after The Rock won at, what was the last pay-per-view again? Uh, Backlash. Backlash. WrestleMania Backlash. WrestleMania's Backlash. And yeah. it makes sense to be bringing up modern day stuff here because Big Show versus Shane is ostensibly the exact same story that we got this year with Braun Strowman versus Shane. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Except, like, watching Shane be kind of like an, an annoying heel as, like, a, a, a punk kid is one character, but, like, Shane as, like, an adult man bully just like doesn't it like yeah you know it doesn't it doesn't even like read right on television you know what i mean like i almost would want like msk from nxt to be doing something like that Mm -hmm. the other thing about it is that in this it's a little bit more like you know he's he's messing with the big show uh big show is just like you know fuck you man i'm gonna like you know he big show as we know gets angry when people mess with him just trying to have fun. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense. The whole uh, Shane versus Braun thing, what really bothered me was Braun's constant thing of like, I'm doing this for all the people who've been told they're stupid. I'm like, what does that even fucking mean? <laughs> I'm doing this for all the people that I, as a naturally gifted athlete, told that they were stupid back in high school. Yeah, like, like, are you saying you're a protected class now? Like, <laughs> like uh, here, here at uh, at Google, we make sure that we uh, equal opportunities for uh, people of color and also stupids. 
Like, it's just super fucking weird. Yeah, it's stupid. Hey, Braun, Braun fought for us so that we, <laughs> we don't have to call it that. But again, an, uh, another match that I, I thought I wasn't going to like, but I really enjoyed. And again, yeah, match is a, is a very loose term here. Um, an extension of kind of hardcore rules in a false count anywhere match. I mean, I'll never be excited to see Bossman and Bull Buchanan. Um, no. But uh, I did sort of like... I, I do like this uh, sort of like uh, rogues gallery they've assembled. And I do like the... the I, I like these folks better together than separately, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, I yeah. like them as like, a uh- bunch of like really is almost like cheap guns for hire that Shane gets. And like that's a much better use than me trying to care about them individually. It's a better I think it's a better redux of the corporation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's the exact right people. I was it's like, oh, that totally makes sense. Bossman Bull Buchanan test Albert Tri- like they all look they have a look that feels consistent. They have a vibe that feels consistent. It it all sort of like it, I'm like, oh this this clicks for me very easily. Yeah, their resume. I mean, honestly, Tess used to work for the McMahon, so I mean, he, it makes he sense. almost was uh, married to the family. <laughs> yeah, it's almost, it's weird that he kind of like got over that, huh? Anyway, um, water under the bridge, huh? He just I, got, I do want to. He just got really close with Linda, and he didn't want to give up that relationship. <laughs> Is it all right if I still call you mom? <laughs> um. I think, by the way, that uh, Shane warming up before the match looks like like the one guy at the rave that you keep seeing off by himself. Like he's just kind of like hopping up and down and like like kind of doing the lights, the glow stick to himself. And everyone's just like, hey, do you want to drink some orange juice? You want something? I've never been to a rave. It's something I really want to really? do in the post-pandemic world. Yep. Have you ever been to a blood rave? Yes. You have. I have. So you have been to a rave, man. Okay. I've never been to That's, a rave they're that, all the same. that doesn't douse you in red <laughs> corn syrup a la Blade. <laughs> and we have another broken superstructure in this one. Oh, boy. The superstructure. Before we get to there, though, I actually like the Trish spot in this match. Same, uh, same. Where like literally, Big Show throws her like a football. Like I think she had a spiral, like onto Tested Albert outside the <laughs> ring. Like he picked her up in one solid mass and hurled her, and she didn't like. She almost like stayed in ball form. It was like I felt like I was <laughs> yeah. watching like a cartoon where one character's other one turns them into a basketball and throws them. Like that's what mm-hmm. I felt like I was watching. But at the same time, it seemed very safe. Like it seemed like she took it like at a very. Like, she was very well protected in it, even though it looked crazy. Like, she went far, but she landed, it seemed, very safely on Tess very and Albert's safely. shoulders. Yes. yes. Um, but, oh, I cannot wait to talk about the superstructure, because <laughs> that I... I don't often laugh fully out loud, but I 100% did at at what happened in this uh, superstructure. <laughs> I know exactly uh, what you're gonna say. Segment. Oh my god. So <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna paint a I'm gonna paint a picture for you because it's so funny. Um, Big Show is uh, he's got uh, he, he he's got Shane outside of the outside of the the uh, ring over by the superstructure and the fence. 
He's been throwing him against the fence. He breaks a part of the superstructure. And you can see Big Show is like straining, like, and he like lifts it up. Right. And he's just like ready to throw it. And then um, I think he gets somebody attacks him and he winds up like dropping the superstructure. He's not able to deliver on the superstructure uh, being thrown onto um, onto Shane. And then, oh, man, uh, Prince Albert or Albert and and Tess come running at him to attack him. And Tess just grabs the superstructure (laughs) (laughs) like like it's a like it's a lawn chair. I mean, and just like just picks up and throws it at him. Let's let's be real here. That superstructure was made out of the same thing as like the handle of a Swiffer. You know what I mean? Like that kind of <laughs> yes. metal. Like that's yes. what it weighs, obviously. And Big Show literally yes. snapped it off. Nothing's nothing. And you're right. He was like selling. He was. Big Show should get a fucking Oscar nomination for how hard he was selling. And the commentator's like, that's got to be 300 yes. pounds. And you're like, there is Great no object fucking work. way. You're like, what, on Venus? Like, it makes no sense. You're like, no way with your eyes at all. But Big Show is trying so hard, and he did it. And then he put in all that work for that fucking glass nose idiot test to come by... <laughs> And, like, pick it up and basically, literally, like, one hand and throw it at him. It was fucking wild. I was like, what an idiot. Someone should fire test immediately. It was so embarrassing. It was so funny. That'd be like if... Test was like, I said no wire hangers and throws the superstructure. Like, imagine if then, like, uh, China took the lead pipe out of the roses and squeezed it like a stress ball. You know what I mean? It's like, you just ruined this whole fucking thing. And then what's even better is that Shane tries to bring it back. So he's like, he he carefully loads the superstructure onto some sort of, like, dolly or something. And, he you know, he's like, it's very clear, like, I, there's no way I can hold this superstructure myself. I'll put it on this other thing to move it. It's like, it's like for one second the the earth had the gravity the gravity of like the moon for test and he just all of a sudden had super strength and then everything went back to normal physics oh so good yeah i definitely also clocked that <laughs> and also like was like are you fucking kidding me cuz they made such a big cuz it was already like it was i was trying so hard to suspend they were asking you to suspend a lot of disbelief cuz when he snapped that off you're like that weighs half an ounce and you're like watching and you're like okay all right okay it's 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 titanium it's unobtainium whatever he's got it it's very fucking heavy and it's like okay and we strain and he's straining you're like oh this is heavy big show all right okay and then it's just like such a fucking whiplash because you're working so hard it's working so hard to suspend that disbelief Suspending my disbelief was actually heavier than the structure. Is that really what it comes down? And then for them to just pull the rug out underneath you again, like my brain wasn't ready for that. It was. It was like maybe one of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah, it's uh, it is like, up there with viscera slipping <laughs> with the two by four. I feel like it's it's on par with that in terms of like a hilarious botch. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, and then Shane, and then Shane basically what murders the big show with a cinder block. <laughs> He's like, hold on, let me get this concrete and I'm going to break it on your head. After, and they're like, man, after he's covered with electrical equipment and, and shocked to an inch of his life. Correct. Right. 
I hate right. that. That's yes. a, this is one of my least one of my least favorite wrestling tropes are firecrackers in a speaker. You're like, what? <laughs> what? How? What? <laughs> like it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like you're like, that's not at all how anything would respond to anything. And then like for some reason we're like, no, in this world, everything's full of firecrackers. <laughs> you're like, what? The same way I guess there's like, you know, kendo sticks under the ring for some reason. Uh, yeah, I, I hate that. Uh, Big Show is, needs knee surgery IRL at this point. So this is their way of writing him off. Um, but still agree on all, all, all points. And like, I just thought some of that stuff was really, you could really, you were, we were really seeing the seams on this one, you know, like, uh, that fucking center block was made of squand and you can tell as he was carrying it over (laughs) and then he's laying there to get the speaker box slash love below thrown on him. He... It's obviously like deep, <laughs> deep in a well of wires. You're like, that thing is yes. obviously not going to fall on. It's obviously falling over him or whatever. You're like this. You're not even trying here. You guys like, what is this? Yeah. I was like, Oh, you're pinning him. I see. You're going to make it. So it's very, he has to really wriggle to get out from underneath it. I see. Um, also, I will say that I'm pretty sure test also just tossed a fucking cinder block at him before uh shane hit him with the cinder block and it just missed and it just shattered everywhere there was one broken cinder block before the second broken cinder block that's pretty like good. all he's doing is just going around and destroying all of the illusions in this fucking match either way shane comes out the winner on this one then we go back yeah, and yet i still liked it yeah i, I like this too then we go backstage. Briscoe is looking to relax with some referees, but they get a little too close while he's trying to sleep. We then see Sean and Hunter shooting the shit together. Shades of will they, won't they, as far as the uh, main event for tonight. Oh, I thought you meant in terms of kissing, because they were sitting very yeah. close. <laughs> yeah. Both of also, their, they were both wearing very little uh, bottoms, and they were both like uh, like knee on crotch close together in an otherwise empty room. <laughs> so was I, it, the sexual what, tension was palpable to me. He was also talking about uh, the heartbreak dad smuggling bananas in his uh, in his briefs, right? Yeah, this yep. was a sexy. This was like a sexual conversation. I, I refuse to to hear any other interpretation. <laughs> Also, the, the, the caption said that, uh, according to Shawn Michaels, his baby is growing like a wave. <laughs> it's pride and joy. Take that for, take that for what, <laughs> what it means, whatever you want. Next up on the card, we have Jericho versus Benoit in a submission match, which is not one that we've this is- seen a lot of, and this is a very great example of it. That's in, first of all, what a, what, a, for, like, Chris Benoit, you know, aside, but what a great series and what a great, like, um, angle on that, right? Like, hey, both of these guys have amazing, you know, have their their finishers or submission moves. Who's the best at submitting is, like, such a good angle for this match. Yeah. I- also, was was, ben- was Benoit's uh, eye, was his broken eye or his, his um, whatever eye, was that a shoot? I, you know what it's, I don't know. And Chris Jericho doesn't write about this program in his book at all. So it's like, it, I don't, 
I don't I don't know if it wasn't significant to him or it was just like yeah we just like went out and wrestled good like this is just like what they do they're like very good like they've been close for a while and they just were doing I guess it was just like an for for him like another day at work <laughs> um so like it wasn't even like notable in his biography <laughs> huh Bobby what would you call the way that Jericho had Benoit in the ropes ah uh, for that. Um, I don't know if there's a technically name for it, but there's a similar submission move that we'll get very familiar with later and is used by folks today. I want to say Oscar uses it sometimes too, called the tarantula mm-hmm. that uh, you incorporates the ropes into like a submission. There's going to be a person about a year from now coming into the roster that we're watching. So 2001 uh, who uses that, who it's really good. Um, but it's definitely something that they've seen in Japan and definitely something Chris picked up in Japan. And it's, I think the first time we're seeing it here. It's very cool. Um, the, I have a mechanics question. As you know, I love rules. Um, normally with a submission hold, when you get on the ropes, you have to break it. So how do you not have to break this submission rope if the ropes are involved? Cause the old, submission, you know, there's no DQ in this one, right? So that's yeah. the, it's also, that's, that's why. Cause you could, there's no, there's no DQ. The only way to win is submission. That's it. So the, usually the penalty of not of releasing in a five count is that you get disqualified, but there's, there can be no DQ here. So but, the reason that but, they would be going towards the ropes then is to use the ropes as leverage in order to help them break the hold in, in order to not submit instead of having the referee break it for them. Yes. No, because because uh, uh, Jericho got his feet up on the ropes at one point, and the and the ref made them break the hold. Uh, might be a botch. No. Then I don't remember that. <laughs> no, I mean it also is a chance. That there's like inconsistent logic. I think is it the next match that also is like, why are we? Yeah, the next match too. There's also like weird questions about rules. We were like, wait a minute. I thought we were doing. Now we're yeah. not doing that. Now we are doing that. Okay. Uh, but I would think in general, though, in a submission match, that would be when you see the tarantula used in other matches later by other people or whatever, it's usually from within the five count. Hmm. Okay. Um, let's see. This was the first time that I've actually heard a crowd, um, do the Ric Flair woo at the, um, at the, the chops, like, Hmm after the Ric Flair time. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this, I feel like, I felt like I was seeing the beginnings of something that I know in modern era wrestling. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else was doing chop. I mean, like these guys are fucking cutting the hell out of each other. Um, they're, you know, Jericho and Benoit really lay it in as they say. Yeah. And so these are hard. Like you typically will only get the woo. If your chop is hard enough, like people will not woo just any chop. And I also think we weren't seeing hard chops to this point in WWF the same way. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess I, I feel like I've seen it in like, you know, the rock versus uh triple H or something. No, could be. I, I feel, they, like, they, I feel they, like we'd seen it before. There may have been then woos. Are you sure there wasn't woos then too? Cause I don't think What's like that? the, like the, the woo, like the Chris Benoit was not the first person to be associated with the woo post Rick Flair is what I'm saying. Oh no no no! What I'm saying is I I'm not associating it with Chris Benoit. I'm associate. I'm just saying that like this match was the first match where where when both Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit were hitting each other, I heard them go woo. Like I have I've seen the I've seen that move set before in other matches, um, and in other pay per views, and potentially maybe even with the same wrestlers, and I did not hear the crowd react that way it's almost like 
like there are certain things um, that I'm ingrained with from watching now that I'm kind of waiting to see in when we're watching. And like, I hadn't heard the woo being used. Like another one I'm waiting for is like the one, two, three, you know what I mean? Like I, I assume that's going to start coming in in a, you know, soon, but those I'm are like sure things that I'm to there. Eric. Same here. Um, the one, two, three. Yeah. It's like, usually they have them in the corner and they're like, they're doing like a repeated kick mm. or, uh, like Daniel Bryan does it to okay. them a lot. Right. Like, like it's like the, like they're counting it out and then like, gotcha. there's usually and like then, a wind and then there's up the and then one the with final. like, with like the flourish at the end there. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. 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 That's so. That's something that like modern crowds do, and I'm and I I'm expecting that that's something that probably has its or its roots in you know maybe within our purview. But I feel like um, I feel like I, older Hogan would do that as well. So I'm not sure. There's the corner right, the, but the corner punch ten count thing has been around for, for like way has been pre what we're watching now and will be for like where they do the punches the punch in the corner usually it's a 10 count on the punches in the corner yes is that what's hard then daniel bryan does the yes kicks where they do the yes 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 with each kick and then the last kick and i think uh and they do it when the miz does it because it was like a ripoff and the same thing when brie bella does it but those are usually i don't know they're they're not usually counting i think with those well the okay I, I yeah I know what you mean by the ten count and they they I have been I have seen the the count in general I've seen what I haven't heard is the flourish afterwards where the where the crowd does does the, the whoa you know what I mean that's the part that it that makes it different for me if that makes sense um, but yeah I mean I, I obviously a lot of these things have their roots in the earlier days because you know with Ric Flair the the Ric Flair thing was the you know so i know but i guess what i'm saying is that like from from the time that we've started watching i have not heard the crowds go back to some of those mm-hmm. earlier things and i'm waiting for them to bring those things back you know like all like i I'm just like i'm waiting for the crowds to start saying like what like when a when a a heel is talking got a little bit longer for that one there yeah and then you're going to wish they stopped. <laughs> then you're like, well, I wish this never started. I also thought Benoit had a, had a really cool counter to the walls of Jericho, like early on in the match. Uh, he did like a, he basically like flipped and got out of that. I thought yeah. Was there was, cool. there was a little while there where Benoit was flopping around like a fish to avoid yes. the walls. And it was really, really good looking. Yeah. It, it, it did look really, really good. Um, but then this one ended with uh, the crossface getting locked in, and then you just see Benoit repeatedly moving Jericho into the corner till at the very end, Jericho's hair is just matted to his face, but he doesn't tap out. Yeah. But they said that he he that the pain made him pass out. Like, why wouldn't it be like the lack of oxygen? It was a it was a basically a modified sleeper. It wasn't. You know what I mean? It wasn't pain. Uh, I don't know because mm. the 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 crossface isn't really constricting oxygen. It's across it's stretching your, the yeah, face. your neck basically. Yeah, because you're pulling. Yeah, your but the back from like almost but, like an up dog, cobra yoga pose effect uh, against your will. But this crossface, uh, it wasn't on the face. Like he did the crossface at one point, but then it got moved and it was right on the neck. And he, you could see all of Jericho's face. It was just like. Coming, pulling in on the neck and it looked like he was just 
going to sleep. No. Uh, could be. I don't know. The, the the execution of it made me think like, oh, he's passing out because he's being, you know, suffocated, not not necessarily like, oh, he's in so much pain. I like, think that I think the, the pain causing him to pass out is a cooler thing. So that's why they probably went with that. Right. I mean, I guess, you know, it's it was for me, the what what changed it was the it wasn't at, the hands were not placed on the face for the for the for the final hold. Mm-hmm. And that to me felt like it was a different hold, even though I'm sure it was just a modified cross face or whatever. Did you guys see the signs out there? What did you see? Uh, there was a big Huey Lewis fan. <laughs> it was like, it said like Huey Lewis effing rules. I don't understand, but okay, great. Uh, there were a it's lot of, there were two. be square. <laughs> Very good. Uh, hip toss to be the squared circle. Um, there were too many uh, variations on this person is gay. That shit sucked. Mm-hmm. Mm, yep, that's all I got. Well, following that match, we go backstage again where Michael Cole is interviewing Gerald Briscoe with the event staff plotting behind him in, again, a very, very heavily pantomimed moment. I liked it. I also like Briscoe as actually kind of being like a, a, a tough guy. I like when he like kicked the sodas up in the one guy's face. I was like, that was a cool kind of like Batman move. I'm into that. <laughs> and then we get a confrontation between The Rock and HBK where The Rock tells him that he better call this one down the middle. This is followed by DX versus the Dudleys in a table match. And on the May 15th episode of Raw, Tori did a dive off of the top ropes to put Bubba through a table. So this has been a, a pretty cool build up to this one. The, again, and I've said it before that, that uh, this iteration of Tori is my favorite iteration of Tori. And even mm-hmm. though they're heels in this, and even though Tori um, is living with IBS, I do think that <laughs> she um, looks, even though, the, again, as a heel, I was like, that looked so fucking cool. That was like one of, like a very cool, you know, again, you haven't seen women do uh, like, have the chance to really showcase their athleticism or like take these big bumps or like get in there in, in a big way so much. Yeah, we will soon. Mm-hmm. We're, we're getting closer. Uh, but it was just it was a very cool spot she looked fucking great doing it she looked great yeah. she looked great as in like you know uh style and presentation but also like the athleticism of it like the way she held her body perfect absolutely uh beautiful and the way it was like a uh, a new uh chapter in like the bubba's weird put women through tables story was great uh yeah loved it it, it had a little uh, prom- uh promising young woman vibes <laughs> into it hmm are, are DX heels basically because of their association with Triple H at this point? Yeah. Um, it's the, the McMahon-Helmsley faction, and so the the fact that they're kind of getting favoritism from the the people at top is what cast them in the heel role. Also, X-Pac because, just like, reads th- heel, man. X-Pac, just everything. <laughs> oh, you're like, yes, I know. There's like, just like someone I don't want to hang out with. Cause like the you know the crowd still sort of likes them, but I think they just love the Dudleys more. Yeah, yeah, totally. And again, there's there's still the like the the sing along aspect of the the way that they come out. But I mean, a table match is never going. Well, I shouldn't say that. A table match in 2000 is never not going to get my blood pumping. 
Yeah, it was, it was, I, you know, the tag thing is annoying where like this one they were playing, like they were tagging for a bit, then they were just like, never mind, we're not going to do that <laughs> yeah. anymore. I guess. I don't. Well, because like once someone's eliminated, who, once someone's been put to the table one time, it's like, what's the point of tagging it? Like, what's, mm-hmm. what? I don't know. Anyone go through any time? So I, I don't know. Uh, wasn't really well thought out in that regard. Ending was good, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Briscoe saves Tori. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the X factor of Bubba through the table. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was into all of it, you know, like it was, uh, it was fun. You know, there was a little bit of hijinks or shenanigans or whatever, but it was good shenanigans. But yeah, I think this was probably the weakest match of the night. And that says something because I still really enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, it was Shane versus show for me, but Oh I mean, yeah, you're right. Shane versus show probably probably gets the edge there. But I mean, again, we're we haven't had a bad match yet. There's not one that I've been bored through. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't like that's the thing. We were doing a lot of uh bitching about Peacock uh and and homework over over text doing this, but watching this I was like, I'm not mad. This is fun. Like I'm in, I'm no. really enjoying like I like this is a great pay per view. I'm glad I'm watching this one. If we were doing like the ministry again or something, we might have been doing different <laughs> <laughs> we might not be speaking all right now, but I think this that this was a so far so great this pay per view. So then this paper goes into a weird package with as I lay me down to sleep and three creepy girls in white. So, um, in terms of the the Pinterest board for this, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I get I get uh, shining twins. Mm-hmm. Plus, like the the children's songs from Freddy Krueger. It's all Freddy for me, because even down to the white dresses. But yeah, the I guess the the uh, the creepy twin vibe is in there too. Hmm. What does it all mean? Stay tuned. So now we are at the main event. I still can't get over Shawn Michaels shorts. You don't gotta. You don't gotta. Yeah, his shirt gets over it. Sometimes. But it's gotta be, is... in a way, it feels like a rib in a way, because there's certain times where, like, he goes in, when he goes in for a count into, like, a deep yoga squat, that it's like, he's yes. doing this. He's you, He's got to be doing this on purpose. Well, as soon as his shirt gets untucked, it looks like he's wearing a t-shirt dress. Yes, he looks like Winnie the Pooh. Immediately. <laughs> But we're not going to spend all our time talking about him because this is The Rock versus Triple H in an Iron Man match. And I guess the bit, number one thing on my mind, Eric, how does this Iron Man match compare to the one we watched last week for you? Um, I think from the perspective of the wrestling style, uh, more engaging. I, I, I enjoyed... Like the, you know, I think I'm a bigger fan. I mean, and obviously, look, we've been, my brain has been trained over what, two or three years now to, uh, to, you know, this new method of wrestling and, and like, you know, this kind of, uh, bigger, big broad hits and, and brawly, less technical stuff, um, so this felt more familiar and there was a lot of um, history, you know, behind it. I had more context emotionally. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was 
I thought it was fun. I was not prepared for the amount of pinfalls. That was a lot of pinfalls. Neither were weeks. I think oh, Aaron, oh. Aaron and I gave wrong information last week. I need to amend. Oh, I know. This so was like, oh, I guess we were way wrong. Yeah, yeah. Aaron was like, oh yeah, it's usually Max it's usually Lord. like three, all no, three no, times. No, 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 and no. I was like, what I said was, I, I, I. I, what I said was that I think that three is the optimal number of pinfalls mm. in a. No, 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 no. You didn't. I didn't. <laughs> nope. And we, and I agreed, and I backed you up. We said something like either like the maximum of all time is like four or five, like or something like that, or like the most they get is four or five. Because I feel like we said something along those lines. Well, that's weird because I knew the the pinfalls for. The I match. thought you definitely said optimal. I remember hearing oh, you say optimal. I, mean, I didn't hear that, which is weird because I edited it. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> You're just in a fugue state. It's okay. I am. I really am, though. <laughs> honestly, Bobby. I, I, honestly, Bobby. If you need me to to have not said that, then fuck it. I didn't say it. Yeah, it's fine. But I do think. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go on. Where were we? Oh yeah. Um. I, I really, in my mind, I imagined that like that Aaron had said that you guys had said it and you guys were like, <laughs> Eric's going to be so surprised when they get up to <laughs> 10 pinfalls. Well, I was also surprised. It makes you feel better. <laughs> yeah. No. 11, watching it 11 apparently pinfalls. for the first time. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> right. And then the last pinfall, they go, but, and then the flourish pinfall. What surprised me, I guess, with so many pinfalls there, I talked about kind of about the um, the artifice of the Iron Man match and how if you're able to to score one pinfall, you should be able to score a lot of them. And Jerry Lawler was, was trumpeting that point up big. But I think that they did a very good job setting up each fall and making it, it work within the context of the story here. Yes, I think so. Mm, um, I don't think. I, I no. I, I overall do, but I think the early falls. I felt a little like okay. They got the after the first fall. They ro- they roll outside. Why isn't the Rock getting him back and immediately to pin him again? Why is he doing that immediately? Like why is he why is he throwing him into the crowd? Why is he throwing him into the barricade? Why yeah. is he not getting him right into the ring? It doesn't make any sense. Why is he keeping him out here? He's already got a pin. He just get him back in the ring. Um, that that was the that one the be- the endings made more sense to me mm-hmm. and I think I liked the way that they used um, non like conventional pinfall submissions like countouts and and DQs here. Yeah, I I also wondered like okay so Triple H is the game he's the cerebral assassin uh, he's up three to one why doesn't he play defense I mean I know I guess he's emotionally involved but. It felt like a very uh, contrary to his character. Mm-hmm. He does something later, like when he when he um, when he uses the chair and get and you know and gives the rock uh, a you know a a point, but then he he gets the point back because he's able to pin the rock. That to me made more sense because it's like okay. Like, right, like, I'll, like, okay, I'm going to do more permanent damage to you in order, and and I, and I, it doesn't matter if I give one up, because I can, I'll get it back, and I, and long run, you'll be weakened. Exactly. That made a lot of sense, but, like, not playing defense and just kind of, like, throwing yourself more into it felt a little weird to me. And then... Triple H sending everyone back, only for them to come back out. I was like, I, that's a, you know, uh, I think 
you know, if these, if, if wrestling was a basketball game and we just like watch them and move on to the next one, like in isolation of the actual one hour match only the, the WrestleMania 12 versus this one, I would rather watch this. I think I agree. This one's more exciting, but there's a reason why we don't talk about this one the same way. And I'm not sure the guys in this match come out looking, uh, come out changed in the same way either. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why we couldn't remember mm. this, and I could have told. And without ever having seen WrestleMania 12, was seen that match before we recorded last week, I knew exactly what happened in it because it's like wrestling lore, because uh, it's so well mm. regarded. This match, I like couldn't even remember that we had one with eleven pinfalls. Like that's how it's like not, <laughs> you know, it, it, that that's how not significant. Not, and it's it's very good. I'm not taking anything away from it, uh, but I think it also is like you know, it's 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 how that tool is used. But I think in isolation, if I was watching like hour versus hour, this is definitely more. Easier, more like fast-paced and compelling view. Do do you do you guys think the the crowd was more worked for this one or or WrestleMania ten? Because this crowd was extremely demonstrative for this one. I think we're hyped for WrestleMania twelve. Twelve, sorry. Um, I think that uh, I don't know. This crowd it's... just seemed j- just started at eleven for that first match and did a fantastic job maintaining that energy throughout. I, it's kind of hard to compare a two thousand crowd to a ninety six crowd. That's like yeah. that's not even yeah. the same company, you know. So it, it's kind of they're not yeah. like play. So it, it it'd be weird to compare like uh you know uh what am I looking for like how do you measure sound <laughs> loud decibels <laughs> decibels decibels like, or or the applause meter yeah they get the applause meter the guy at the max on say by the bell where he has a little hat yeah <laughs> yeah i mean like uh they cuz like i think in it look i one of the things i noticed in 12 and I, and we we did mention it was like the crowd i you know i can't i can't comment on whether or not the crowd was like wrapped with attention or if they were like you know there were lulls and they were just and they were like watching but they were you know maybe a little bored i can't tell right maybe there's a little bit of both who knows but with this one like i feel like for every every turn of the match the crowd was like it was like they were on a roller coaster right like they were emotionally every like fully invested in every aspect of it which you know, which helped me. It helped get me into the match for sure. And then, no discussion of this match would be incomplete without talking about the return of the Undertaker in his new American badass gimmick. I was shocked. Were as oh, were right, most people. Cool. Yeah, as were most people. Well, you know, they had Kane on the on the Peacock uh, thumbnail, so mm-hmm. I was like. All right, I guess Kane. I don't know. And I mean, <laughs> Kane definitely fits a lot better with the the aesthetic of that package with the uh, the three creepy girls rather than the lone biker of the apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, how how many t- how long have they been playing that package prior to Not this? Not long. Just in in a few we- the past few weeks since backlash. And people it's kind of got like flash. What was it? What were we gonna say? Like, people did not see this coming. This like wasn't like people were genuinely worked by this. Uh, like even like the you know because even as I was doing some like research on this because like you know I wasn't reading the dirt sheets at the time because I wasn't 
um, on AOL or whatever. <laughs> but um, <laughs> folks say, you know, as they talk about this, and you know, we read people's reviews of this and whatever, they, they, you know, that folks were really surprised, and especially weren't considering seeing Undertaker in a brand new gimmick. Um, it was shocking. You know, this was because I guess this was about ten years, and we'll be talking about his debut uh, soon. Uh, but ten years from that, almost you know, to the day, not really get to the day, but you know, ten years, a, a decade, and then changes a the gimmick decade, so yeah. dramatically is pretty. It, it's it was surprising because you know the gimmick always worked, and this is a different thing. But in a lot of ways, it makes so much sense, and it was so it's so smart on his part to adapt uh, to because I don't know if the Undertaker character, especially we saw the levels it was hitting and the ridiculous shit it was he was doing you know with the ministry that it's like this character can't have that much in the tank like you can't just keep playing it this one way so adding this like this different wrinkle to the character uh this new iteration that doesn't lose everything it's not like a full reset but it brings things closer to reality and it it allows him to wrestle differently too uh, you know, Undertaker's wrestling style, and we will talk about this some more in depth uh, in a future episode, uh, but, you know, is purposely very restrained, and he's an athletic guy. He could do a lot. And so, you know, when we talk about The Undertaker, we obviously haven't seen the best of The Undertaker in what we're doing here. Like, we, The Undertaker's best matches are still ahead of him at this point. Like, his five-star classic all-time matches are ahead of him at this point. And I don't know if we would ever get to those matches if he didn't change this character at this time. Mm. Good point. Um, so, uh, you know, there, I'm sure this will be borne out as we learn more about this character, but is he a biker who scares little girls? <laughs> like, are the little girls the... the, the, the um, are, are they, do they, like, foretell the coming of the of the mad biker like the creepiness and the and the motorcycle aspect is weird to me yeah it's a weird just juxtaposition that i don't think completely works um but i think people are just so psyched to see him that we're we're gonna give him some leeway to to kind of lean into this new gimmick that he has yeah yeah um and in a way it's got it's got like uh vibes of like you know the bray wyatt stuff right like how you know Mm -hmm. yeah like the the whole little vignette things that are just like we don't you know this is creepy and weird we don't know what this is gonna be and then turns what you know you get the reveal we're gonna talk more about the undertaker soon but first in the meantime for years wwe hosted a yearly award show called the slammy awards and we end each episode of hell in a cell phone with our own version of the slammies in a segment we call for your reconsideration um, I'll go first. Uh, you kind of brought it up already, but um, my award is uh, I'm beginning to think this is your kink, uh, which <laughs> goes to Shane McMahon, uh, because I think that he's got some he gets some sort of sexual pleasure out of taunting bigger men into beating him up. <laughs> um, as as we as we alluded, the uh, the whole big show thing was the was a proto version of the braun Strowman thing i don't know i think uh i think shane just likes to you know have seven feet tall guys like throw them around for a little bit well for my slammy we actually have a draw this week which is 
uh, ironic because it's the underdraws slammy, which is going to both Brian Christopher as well as Gerald Briscoe, who, when he fell in that bathroom vignette, did split the bottom of his pants open. And it <laughs> definitely was an accident because they did not point it out. And if it wasn't an accident, Jerry Lawler would have had something locked and loaded to use there. But he didn't because it wasn't on purpose. It was just a legitimate exposure of Jerry Briscoe's very real tidy whities <laughs> And while we're on the clothing uh, tip, I'm going to give Kurt Angle the Mark Henry Liberty Bell of the Ball Award for all those flags that were all over his singlet. Hmm. Oh, I like that. All right, guys. Love us? Disagree? Want to beat us on a technicality? Let us know. Email us at hellinacellphone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at Pod, or tweet at us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slow Pass. Our theme song is There Are Traders in Our Mitts by Disco Vietnam and our artist by Alexis Yavni. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back with another episode next week and join us again soon for King of the Ring 2000. I was uh, I was going to bring this up earlier, but I guess it's good for the, the closeout music. Um, how bad do you think an eye rake would be in real life? Because I think it would incapacitate me. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I think I'd be done after the eye rake. Like... Like an actual eye rake, like someone. Yeah, like if somebody raked my eye. Yeah, like, like you know, like there are certain things. Like, okay, if somebody chopped me across the chest, it would hurt, but I think I would be able to keep going. But like these guys, they do an eye rake as like a way to break a hold. I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) we need to stop this wrestling match right now. I think my contact fell out. I'm pretty (laughs) sure my eye is gonna like the white stuff. Like my eye is gonna be all bloody and ugly looking for weeks. This is over. Everyone down on the mat. Eric lost his contact. <laughs> Stop putting your fingers in my eye. Your fingers are fucking dirty. This sucks. Nathan, yes. Nathan and I were watching Mortal Kombat this weekend, and at one point I looked at him and said, they're competing in a tournament to the death, and if you stub your toe, it ruins your whole day. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, the Earth world hangs in the balance if uh, Nathan stubs his toe. I sure hope not. <laughs> Otherwise, we're doomed. (laughs) (laughs) He's a klutz.